Welcome to our Through the Bible study here on Bible In-Depth Network with Alex. In our study, we look at the context of Scripture and how it applies to our daily lives. We also believe that there's no limitation to the revelation of the Word God. Let's study together today. Yes, praise be to God. I hope you're safe. I hope the Lord has kept you safe and sound. This is a day that the Lord has met. We shall rejoice and we shall be glad. And I thank you for joining us for our time of the study of the Word of God. And here we study the Bible. We aim to study from the book of Genesis to Revelation. By the grace of God, we completed the Old Testament. And right now, we are handling the book of Matthew. We started on the New Testament. And uh, you can access all the podcasts, all the studies we've done through all podcast platforms like Podbean and uh, through our website as well, BibleIndepth.com. And uh, we ended at uh, Matthew chapter 16, and we looked at the revelation where they re- re- get the revelation of Jesus through Simon by Jonah. And uh, he's told that this has been revealed to you by my Father in heaven. That's where we closed off. And today I want us to continue with uh, chapter 16, verse 21 which says, From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem. From the time that the revelation of Peter comes where he speaks and they've known that this is actually the Christ, the one that has been promised to us, the one that we've read of, the one that the prophets talked about would come. When they get that revelation, it's that time now. And Jesus knows they've got to know what's going to happen. They've got to know the things that are going to change, what is going to happen as regards this ministry. And he begins to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem. And he's not just going there to have a party. He's not going there for a birthday celebration. He's not going there to have uh, an outing of sorts. The Bible says he tells them that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things. And He's going to suffer these many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes. And he tells them he will also be killed and he will be raised up on the third day. He starts to prepare his disciples about what is to come. This is Christ. He came on a mission and he knows what he's going to go through and he lets his disciples know what he is going to go through. And There are phases of life where we have to know what is coming. There are phases of life where we've got to prepare for what is coming. Everything here that Jesus is speaking, or many of the things, apart from the last one, that that he will be raised up on the third day, do not sound good. He's talking about suffering. He's telling them, I am going to expose myself to a place that is going to cause my suffering. And it will not just be suffering, but after that, there will be death. And to top it up for them, the suffering is going to be caused by the chief priests and the scribes, the ones that hold your religious institution here in Israel, are in charge of my suffering. And he's ready for that, and he lets his disciples be ready for it. He tells them, and Peter took him aside. 
you know peter isori is a leader in this group uh he's just given the right word of who christ is yeah and he has just received a word from god who tells a word from jesus who tells him that has been revealed to you by god and now being a leader and hearing the words jesus is saying he takes him aside he says now it's time to rebuke you peter is rebuking his master he's taking him aside and telling him god forbid it lord this shall never happen to you peter is telling his master that whatever you are saying is not going to happen to you whatever you're talking about uh, uh, concerning suffering concerning being killed it is not going to happen to you there will not be any need for you to be raised up because you will not be killed i mean we are 12 here i peter i am a good fighter i know how to fight battles i shall protect you he goes on to tell him everybody in the group and their abilities and how strong they are and how they cannot let anything happen to jesus and he says god forbid it shall not happen to you we shall not see you suffer like that there are some people who have good intentions for you but your journey is your journey there are some people who don't want you to suffer but if it is time for you to go through something you have got to go through it no matter how much they love you no matter how much they can protect you no matter how much a shield you have there are some phases of life and you've got to go through them because that is what god has decided that you go through that is the direction you've got to take for the good of others for the good of many things in your life and you've got to take that decision and it it may involve suffering but you've got to take it however strong the men are the ones that are with jesus that they can bundle up all these chief priests and beat them up and they can protect jesus this is a time for him to go through what he's got to go through and we have to know that there are phases of life that come and you have just got to go through it nobody is going to help you through in all this moment that jesus is talking about that he has to suffer by the chief priests by the elders he has to be killed he has to be risen all those are moments he's going to go through alone and the only help the only comfort that he's going to take and he's going to need will come from his father and there are these moments that we should be ready to go through and all our help has to come from god all our comfort has to come from god all our fights the 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 battles that we are going to fight are not going to be fought by your friends are not going to be fought by your your family they are going to be fought by you because it is time to go through it jesus knows that my trip to jerusalem is not just going to be an easy one it's one that will end in death but the beauty is there's something after death there's resurrection and all the things that you're going to go through everything that you're going to have to stand and do and face the fears and face the suffering god always promises victory for you at the end it is not going to end badly however much it might seem like it's dead god will raise you up to another level so whatever peter is trying to fight whatever confidence peter is trying to instill in his master that we've got your back master does not matter at this point because jesus tells him 
get behind me, Satan. Just a few verses earlier, he just told him that, hey, Peter, this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but my Father who is in heaven. He's just told him that he's got revelation from God. And he tells him that you are Peter upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of heads will not overpower it. He's just told him that. He's just spoken great things about the life of Peter, about the revelation Peter has received. And then a few verses later, he tells him, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. For you are not setting your mind on God's interests, but man's interests. Peter, as Peter, as we talk Peter, has not become Satan in the literal sense. But what is speaking through Peter is that which Jesus is addressing. Because the enemy can speak through people. The enemy can trap people and make them the dwelling place. The enemy can cause people to speak words. It's possible. And someone is speaking and it's Satan as the influence of Satan that is speaking through that person and telling them, this is what you should say. And they come out and say it and they start to hurt people. They start to go against the will of God. And Jesus says, I'm not ready for that. Get behind me, Satan. I wonder what went through Peter's head at that point when Jesus is speaking those words and he's looking at him and saying, get behind me, Satan. He's just speaking to a man who's got a revelation from God. And just like that, the enemy has come and he's trying to take over that man. It is very key for us as believers to know that at one point, God is speaking to you and another point, the devil is struggling to have influence over your life. And he's wanting to take influence over your life. Just after you've received revelation from God, just after you've been uh, serving God, just after you've stepped off that pulpit in ministry, and just like that, the enemy, you've blessed people. You've ministered and people are blessed. You've preached and people are blessed. And just off the pulpit, then the enemy is coming to get influence over you, to start speaking things that are from the dwellings of the devil. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You are setting your mind on the things of man and not the things of God. God's interests and man's interests many times shall collide because man is, man's interests is a, a bit selfish oftentimes. You want it for yourself. Peter is speaking at this point and looking at the things they will miss when Jesus is gone. He will, he's looking at the companionship they will miss when Jesus is gone. He's looking at the food. I mean, we've been having fish multiplied and bread multiplied. And you want to tell us that won't happen anymore? He's looking at that saying, no, we cannot have that missing. He's looking at all this a pomp that they've gone through and seen. And they say, ah, that's the man who walks with a healer. And that's going to go. And those are man's interests. But God's interests are far much deeper. He's looking at salvation. God's interests, he's looking, how do I save my people? How do I save my people? I send my son to die for them and he's got to die for them that they might be saved. And that's God's interest. Sometimes the things that we're interested in collide with the interest of God. 
And when the things that we're interested in are taking center stage than the things of God, then Satan is in play. Because he wants you to consider your own selfish interests and not God's interests. And Jesus tells him, get behind me. I will look to God. I will not look to man. I will look to God and what he has told me to do. And that is where we are going to center. That is what we are going to do. We're not going to do the things that interest man. We're going to do the things that interest God. What are the things that are interesting you so much these days? Are they of God? What are the things that are interesting you so much? Are they against the interest of God? Because the interest of God is clear in the word. We read the word of God and we say and we see what God wants for our lives. And we see what God is telling us to do. And there's a ministry that God wants you to start. And there's a ministry that God wants you to join. And there's something that God wants you to do for his kingdom. There's a person that God is leading you to and saying you need to go and help that person. And you need to go and be the pillar in that person's life. And God is giving you his interests. But man's interest shall also come in because that's what the devil does. He brings in man's interest and says, hey, if you start taking care of that person, will you have enough money for yourself? Will you have enough on yourself if you start giving to the poor? Those are man's interests. And those come from the devil. That's why he says, get behind me, Satan, because you are a stumbling block. You don't want me to do the things of God. And what are the stumbling blocks in our lives? We've got to identify those stumbling blocks and be ready to fight. We do not let them win. I do not let my interests win, but I have to leave the interests of God to win at all times because those are the interests of God that he's interested in. So he tells him, get behind me, Satan. Whatever went through Peter's head that day, I don't know where he slept because he must have first thought, okay, he, Jesus is, te- is calling me Satan at this point. But the message was, when the interests of men take center stage, then Satan is bringing them center stage so that they frustrate the interests of God. And the quicker we learn that, the better it will be in our Christian walk. Jesus tells Peter, I don't care how many men you are here and how skilled you are in fighting, but I've got to go to Jerusalem and I'm going to suffer many things and I'm going to suffer from the elders, from the chief priests, from the scribes, and I'll be killed. But hey, this is the beauty. I'll be raised up on the third day. Probably these men have never seen somebody raise up and they have never seen somebody being They've witnessed this with Jesus, but probably they feel, okay, will he do it for himself? That he he will raise up himself. He's been raising others from the day we've seen that, yes. But will he do it? We want him for ourselves. Nothing can happen to our leader. Even probably some have a thought that he's supposed to come and be the champion of Israel and help them take back their glory that they had in the past, in the past years, past years of glory, where they, they will be the superpower, the new superpower. But Jesus says, uh-uh, I've got to go. I've got to suffer. I've got to die. But I'll be raised on the third day.
Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Let me read that again. If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself. He must take up his cross and follow me. He's telling them, I picked you. And if you want to follow me, if you want to remain with me, if you want to abide in me, you are going to deny yourself. Denying yourself takes a lot because all the interests that we've been talking about, the interests of man, have got to be laid aside. That is what comprises of denying yourself. You look at the things of the world and you are not going to look at them as important. You are going to set them aside, the things that interest you. You deny all that because that is what makes us the things we desire, the things we want in the world. That is what makes us up most times. And he's saying, there's got to be some discomfort on your part. You're going to deny yourself. And then, you're going to take up your cross. A cross, when Jesus is talking about a cross at that point, you picture the one that he's going to carry. Because it's heavy. Because it's not easy. It is filled with shame. He's going to walk through the streets and people are going to laugh and mock. And that's what he's telling his disciples, that if you want to come after me, you've got to carry that cross. I will lead you carrying mine, then you have to also carry yours. That is the image that you pick. That as you walk and you're carrying the cross, it is not easy. It is filled with pain. It's filled with suffering. It is heavy. People are throwing stones at you. People are abusing you as you walk through them. And that is what Jesus is saying is going to happen for those who want to come after him. And it's not easy being a Christian. If you're having a, a simple time being a believer, then you've got to check some things. Because you've got to carry your cross, and this is not one day affair. This is something we do on a daily. We carry the cross on a daily. We carry the cross on a daily, and it's not an easy affair. And Jesus is telling his disciples that if you want to be my disciples, and you're coming after me, You've got to carry that cross. You're going, you're going to deny yourself the things that, you, that may make meaning to you. You're going to set them aside and then you're going to carry that cross and you're going to follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. He's telling them, look beyond the flesh. Look beyond this life where you eat no more food. Look beyond this life where we are walking the streets. There is eternal life. And that is the life you will find. That is the life that we aim to find. That is the life that we aim to inherit. He says, whoever wishes to save his life, this one, the earthly one, you will lose it. Because you will want to gain things in this earthly life. That if you have to gain those things, you will have to compromise with the things of God. You will have to compromise with the desires of God. You have to compromise with the interests of God. And when you lose that which is vital, 
to gain the things of this world, you lose the eternal life. And he says, it's those who decide to lose that that will gain eternal life. And that is what Jesus is telling his disciples, that there is life beyond here. And that is what you need to find. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world? What is to gain the whole world? What does it profit a man to gain the whole world? The things that we look for in this world, fame. What will it profit for you to have all the fame and you forfeit your soul? He's asking and he's telling them, what will it profit you to gain the whole world, to drive all the big cars in the world, that you have all the cars that have just been brought out, but you gain them by contradicting the word of God. You gain them by forfeiting the interests of God and doing evil to get them. What will it profit you? That you do evil to buy those cars and forfeit yourself. What will it profit you to build all the houses when the money you use has been stolen? You are against the interests of God to gain the world so that you are known as a great man and you did great things. Yet you forfeit your soul. For the things of the world, if you take them, this is what is happening. You're exchanging for your soul. And God is being clear with us here. He created this world that we live in. He's put everything here. And by the way, we need to get this right. God wants you to be well. God wants you to have that car. God wants you to build that house. God wants you to have a beautiful life. God wants you to be rich. He wants you to be wealthy. He wants you to have the best. But you get all that under his terms, not by the terms of the world. We do not do like the world that we shall go out and cheat and lie and steal that we get that. Because if we do that, then we are gaining the world while forfeiting our soul. Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? He's asking, is there anything that you're going to do that is going to gain you that eternal life apart from the things that I command you to do? Because eventually... People have done very many things in exchange for the soul. But what matters is what Jesus says. I'll live for Christ. I will do as Christ says I do. I'll stand for what Christ says I stand for. But I will not let myself gain the whole world and lose my soul. Because that is what is important. The life after. It's what's important. The life after. We shall pray and ask God to bless us in this life. And we do not stop praying about that. We don't stop believing for a better life for your family, for your children. You keep believing for that. But also, you do not do extreme measures that are out of the will of God to gain that. Because when you do that, you are losing your soul. And it says, for the Son of Man is going to come in the glory of his Father with the angels. And will then repay every man according to his deeds. That is a very important statement. Each of us that is living on the earth today, 
And even those, because as we read about the end times, there will be resurrection. The graves will open. Everyone shall be rewarded or repaid, the word used here in this version, according to his deeds. If you are doing good, then you shall have good repay. If you are doing bad, then you shall have a repay that is equal to that which you're doing. There is nothing that we do here that shall not be repaid. That's why it's important for me to know to do good, to learn to do good, to learn to do the things of God. Because when they come, he says he will come in glory of his father with the angels. And that day is coming. And this is, this is the interesting thing. We do not know when that day is coming. But it is coming. And we're not going to have this party going on forever on this earth. There is another party that is going to happen in the heavenlies. And I've got to be part of it. I've got to be part of that group that shall celebrate. I've got to be part of that group that shall have the good repay. And that's the effort that we make, friends. That's the effort we make to stand for God. Because the day is coming when he will come in his glory. That day is coming. Jesus is coming. This has been said for very many years, for hundreds of years. From the time he told them that he will come, even after he had left, many were expecting him to return probably soon. And many so long have died. But that does not mean that he's not coming. And there's that question that people ask, oh, you're telling us Jesus is coming, but he has not come yet. We don't foresee him coming, but he's coming. That is the thing. That is the truth. Jesus is coming. And will you be ready? Will you be ready when he comes? He says he's coming. And that is the truth. Will he find us moving by the interests of God? Or he will find us filled with the interests of man? Because if we are filled with the interests of man, then each according to his deed shall be repaid. May God give us the grace to walk with him so that that day, because we do not know that day, it can happen today. For you is listening to me. It can happen this afternoon that Jesus returns in glory with his angels. It can happen tomorrow. It can happen a month from now. But shall we be ready? And he says, truly I say to you, there are some of those who are standing here who will not test death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. This statement was huge because it gives us trouble to interpret today. Is he telling them that some of you who are listening to me today as I speak, as Jesus is speaking, is he telling them that some of you who are listening today will not see death until you see me return? Well, that is to tell. But the interest of all this is to know, for us to know that Jesus is coming and we have to be ready. Put sin aside. Put evil aside. Straighten your life to the things of God. Because when that day comes, you've got to be ready. Father, give us the grace to do your things. Give us the grace to stand for you to do the interests of God. In Jesus' my name we pray. Amen.
Thank you for joining us for our study today. We believe that the Word of God is alive and new each day. Open your heart and let God speak to you. You can also access our teachings through our Podbean channel or reach us through our website, BibleInDepth.com. 